National Broadcasting Company presents Transcribed The Magnificent Montague, starring Monty Woolley. This is a day of decision for the magnificent Montague. This bulwark of the Shakespearean stage, after eight years of unemployment, has succumbed to his mortal enemy, radio. He is Uncle Goodhart, hero of an afternoon program. But now suddenly he is confronted with an opportunity for a triumphant return to the stage in Romeo and Juliet with Catherine Cornell to play Romeo, the one role he's never done. Ah, but here's the rub. To play Romeo, he would have to shed his crowning adornment, his beard. If he doesn't, it means back to Uncle Goodhart. Every hour on the hour, he's changed his mind. All night, he has paced the floor, trying to reach a momentous decision. To shave or not to shave, that is the question. His decision? We'll have to wait until he gets up. Shh. It is morning in the Montague apartment. His wife, Lily Boehm, and Agnes the maid anxiously await his arrival at the breakfast table, knowing this is the day of decision. Coming, coming. Take it easy, Mr. Amici. The residence of Edwin Montague and Miss Lily Boehm. Oh, hello, Max. No, the beard ain't off yet. Thanks. When he went to bed last night, it was still on. Is that Max? Yeah, here. Max? Lily? No, it's still on. Well, first rehearsal tonight, he knows. Max, you've produced enough plays with Edwin to know this isn't a once-over likely proposition. I know he told you he'd take it off, and he's probably shaving it off right now. Yes, I'll let you know. Agnes, do you think he did? Shh, I'm at his door. I'm trying to listen. You hear any scraping? Not even a snip. <laughs> Maybe he's pulling them out hair by hair. <laughs> Agnes, I'm shaking like a leaf. Keep your shirt on, honey. But, Agnes, do you realize that, that in a few moments that door will open? And after all these years, we may see Montague without his beard? <sighs> I need a drink. <laughs> wait, wait, I hear him. <laughs> Agnes, did that sound like he still had the beard? I don't think so. I didn't hear that familiar rustle. Oh, Agnes, the suspense is killing Take me. Take it easy. Shaking like a leaf. Hang on, baby. I hear him coming. I can't look. It's zero hour. This is it. Good morning. <laughs> Open your eyes, honey. It's still on. I haven't made a study of it, but there must be a more soothing way of greeting a man in the morning. I'm sorry, Edwin. The shock. The shock. All I did was open my door. What is this? Inner sanctum? <laughs> Edwin, it's... It's still on. Yeah, your chin is still only a rumor. <laughs> ah, lovely Agnes. I will always treasure that sweet expression on your face. Like you'd just been fouled by Rocky Graziano. <laughs> Edwin, you promised Max Garland you'd shave it off. It? It? It is a beard. Stop referring to it as something scribbled on a wall. You're sweet. Down, Agnes, down, before I... 
before I throw a stick out the window and ask you to retrieve it. Edwin, your first rehearsal is tonight. You'll have to take it off. It is staying on. It is not coming off. Edwin, I thought it was settled. You can't play Romeo with a beard. No? <laughs> Lily, I spent half the night poring over every reference to Romeo and Juliet. And at no point does Shakespeare say that Romeo does not have a beard. Keep looking. You'll find Juliet wears a Van Dyke. <laughs> Where does she pick up those scintillating remarks? The pool room doesn't open till noon. <laughs> Stop being ridiculous. You know Catherine Cornell will not be Juliet to a bearded Romeo. Oh, she won't, eh? <laughs> she will after I get through talking to her. Oh, now, Evan, don't do anything rash. Rash? Because Catherine Cornell says, off with it. Little Kit Cornell, who was a walk-on while I was starring in Macbeth. <laughs> Give me that phone. Edwin. It's time we definitely settle just who says what in this production. <laughs> Hello, Kit. <laughs> Edwin yeah. Yes, I'm quite thrilled about it, too It's going to be grand Oh, thank you, Kit But why won't I be great playing opposite you? Oh, yeah Oh, I've always admired you, too <laughs> Kitchy, kitchy, coo <laughs> Excuse me, Kit Lily, would you put something in Agnes's mouth? I believe the sofa will just fit. <laughs> uh, Kit. Oh, yes, Edwin again. Uh, Kit, dear. Uh, Max mentioned something you said about not wanting Romeo to have a beard. Huh? Uh. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Oh, yes, of course, I understand. But I just hadn't looked at it from your side. Uh, of course, I see your point. I just hadn't thought of that. Oh, it's perfectly clear. Uh, it's perfectly clear. Goodbye, Kit. Well, Edwin? I didn't realize there was so much kissing in the play. <laughs> You'd better run right down to the barber. Yeah, thank you, Lily. Don't worry, it'll come out all right. I hope so. Good luck, Mr. Montague. Thank you, Agnes. Goodbye, Edwin. Goodbye, Lily. Agnes. I know, honey. It's the end of an era. Edwin! Lily, I can't do it. I can't do it. He went chicken. <laughs> Lily, I won't do it. Don't look at me that way. This means no Romeo and Juliet. I don't care. Oh, that's just fine. After I convinced Max you'd play the part. Lily, anything but that. Ask me to cut my throat from ear to ear. No, Edwin. Do you mind if I ask him to? <laughs> All right, Edwin. Have it your way. You just stay Uncle Goodheart on your little radio program. It's not a little program. I have ten million listeners. Edwin, you disgust me. Me too. Quiet. At least for Uncle Goodhart, they don't ask me to disfigure myself. I'll get the door. I'll call Max and tell him to look for another Romeo. It's a Mr. Zinzer, your radio director. Ah, uh -huh, Zinzer, come in. Hello, Mr. Montague. I just thought I'd drop off the script for tomorrow's Uncle Goodhart program. Here it is. Well, I'll be going. Uh, don't rush off, Zinzer. Well, I... Sit down for a while. Ah, Zinzer, today I need a friend. 
But, Mr. Montague, I thought... Oh, now, Zinza, I know we had words at rehearsal yesterday. You struck me. <laughs> Think nothing of it. Uh, Zinza, I must get closer to you people in radio. You're all I have left. Gee, Mr. Montague. Well, Zinza, how does the script look? Oh, it's a Pecherino. <laughs> Good, eh? Tell me about it. Well, in yesterday's episode, where you fixed that little canary's wing, it went so well that we're following it with a dog. Yes? Yeah. This Airedale An comes... Airedale? Yeah. Uh, go on. This Airedale comes limping up to your little cottage on the sunny side of the lane with a sliver in his paw. Yes. You take the sliver out, and in gratitude, this old Airedale starts licking your feet and your face. Yes. No sound effects for this scene, Mr. Montague. We're pulling no punches. We're having an actual Airedale work with you. Uh, Mr. Montague, did you want something? No, Mr. Zinzer, I'm just reaching for this poker. Oh. I'm about to bring it down in your paper-thin eggshell head, hoping by some stroke of luck it'll come in contact with your peanut brain. Mr. Montague... Get out and take that script with you. Don't strike me. And I was going to give up Romeo and Juliet for that. Get out. Edwin, what happened? The beard comes off. I'm going to do Romeo. Edwin! Viva la Montague. I must have been mad. It took an Airedale, licking at my feet to bring me to my senses. Off with the beard. Oh, Edwin, you'll never regret it. I'll be your Uncle Goodheart in the afternoon, but at night I shall cleanse my soul as Romeo. Here's your coat, Edwin. Hurry to the barber. I'll go to Angelo. My barber is the Presidium Club. He shall have the honor. It'll make you look 20 years younger. It will. <laughs> Lily, the most wonderful thing just struck me. Uh, what? Lily, for the first time in 30 years, I'll be able to walk on the street at Christmas without those little brats pulling at my coat yelling, Santa, bring me a sled. <laughs> We'll be back with a magnificent Montague in just a moment. There's mystery on Saturday evening on NBC. Tomorrow, Herbert Marshall stars as the man called X, a man without a name who travels the world over protecting his country's interests. He's the man called X. Tomorrow, over most of these NBC stations. For top Sunday listening, it's another broadcast of the big show. Tallulah will be your hostess again, presiding over an hour and a half of the very best in comedy, music, and drama with a collection of the greatest stars of stage, screen, and radio. Yes, the chimes are your invitation this Sunday and every Sunday to the big show. And now back to the magnificent Montague. His decision has been made. His beard will come off. He enters the barbershop of the Procinium Club. Angelo is waiting. <laughs> Mr. Montague. Hello, Angelo. I'm all ready for you. Sit right down here. Uh, thank you, Angelo. Uh, the usual trim, Mr. Montague. Angelo, take it all off. <laughs> You're so funny today. You make jokes. I'll just trim a little bit. Of... Angelo, I said take it all off. Remove it. 
<laughs> Everybody says Mr. Montague is a great act of tragedy, but today you are a comedian. The usual trim, eh? Angelo, you don't seem to grasp this honor I'm bestowing on you. You and your shears have been selected to cut off the Montague beard. Maybe. Mr. Montague, did the beard to come off? You are serious? I assure you that I am not doing it for a laugh. Off with it. Hurry up. No. 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 I won't do it. Angelo, stop this nonsense and do as you're told. Mr. Montague, don't ask me. Please. Take it off. Mr. Montague, when I took my father's place here when he retired, he said to me, my father said, Angelo, when a sculptor retires, he leaves standing beautiful statues. A composer leaves beautiful music it should live on after him. I, Angelo, he said, I am just a poor barber. But I leave just one work of beauty to be remembered by. Signor Montague's beard. That's very touching. And now that we're through with the sentimental slush for the day, take off the beard. It is not a beard. It is my family shrine. <laughs> Angelo, your scissors. No. No, Mr. Montague. I grew up with your beard. I trimmed it. I cared for it like it was my own little garden. <laughs> and, you know, enough of your yap-yapping. Start snip-snipping. Mr. Montague, don't ask me to. I remember I used to sit way up in the balcony and watch you make those wonderful speeches. Julius Caesar, Hamlet. And as the beard bobbed up and down, I felt I was on that stage. And when the curtain came down, I, Angelo Cherupi, also took a bow. (laughs) It is most fortunate for you that I never caught you at it. (laughs) Now, Angelo, it's a little early in the day for melodrama. I'm telling you to cut off my beard. No, it is not your beard. It does not belong to you. It doesn't? (laughs) No, it belongs to my father. It belongs to the people. The people in whose memory the great Montague shall always live. It is not for you to say, cut it off. It is not your beard. Must I carry around a bill of sale? (laughs) Angelo, will you... uh... No. You had your chance. I will go to Harry's Broadway Barbershop, where sentimentality and shaving do not take. The next. Hello, Harry. Hello, Mr. Montague. Sit right down. You're next. Uh, thanks, Harry. You she will trim, huh? Not this time, Harry. I want the whole thing shaved off. <laughs> Hey, that's a good one. You know, you're getting to be like those comics with the bald heads who come in here and say, part it in the middle. <laughs> the usual threat. Uh, Harry, please, I don't want any trouble. Just take it all off. The beard? Yes. You serious? Yes, I want it off. Get going. Well, Harry? I'm sorry, Mr. Montague. I can't do it. What's going on here? What must I do in order to get a shave? Bring a note from my mother? (laughs) (laughs) Mr. Montague, believe me, if I could see my way to do it, 
Harry, what can my beard mean to you? You've never seen me in Shakespeare. It means nothing to you. Cut it off. Sorry. Mr. Montague, if I cut your beard off, I'm out of business in two weeks. Out of business? Look at it from my side. My biggest customers are guys with beards. Jose Ferrer, the actor. Rex Stout, the writer. Al Hirschfeld, the artist. Why do they come to me for trims? They trust me. So how... Listen. So I cut off your beard. Right away, it's all over Broadway. Harry the Barber cut off Montague's beard. So the next time I see my customers with affidavits on bended knee, can I convince them it wasn't an accident? I will make a public statement notarized that I asked you to do it. It ain't enough. Will my customers with the beards ever come in again and say, just the trim, Harry, and then lay back and close their eyes and go to sleep? No. They'll keep one eye open. They don't trust me no more. In their minds, it'll always be... He did it to Montague, he'll do it to me. <laughs> Harry, for heaven's sake, there must be a barber on Broadway who isn't psychopathic about my beard. There must be. Let me know how you come out. Next. Hello, Walter. What do you want? Come now, Walter. It's been a long time since I've been in your barber shop. About ten years. Eleven years. Next month. <laughs> well, Walter, I'm in a hurry. Just take the beard off. Oh, no, you don't. Now, look, Walter. So you want me to take the whole beard off, eh? Walter. Eleven years ago you were in here. See, I still got the scar on my forehead. That was just for trimming off a little too much. <laughs> Walter, let bygones be bygones. Not me. I'm not the kind of individual who likes to live dangerously. Not a chance. Next. I remember when barbers used to drool when I went by. <laughs> I'll find a barber who doesn't know me if I have to comb the city. Hold it. Uh, stop here, driver. There's a barber shop. Look, Mr. Montague, this is a pretty crummy neighborhood. Good. Wait for me, driver. Hmm. If either of you two barbers will be so kind. Be with you in a second, chum. I knock with five. I got three. On a cut. Uh, brother, I'm on a schneid. Uh, gentlemen. I'm coming, Buster. Wait. Look at the time. Oh, be with you in a second, bud. Turn it on. The results of the sixth race at Pimlico, off at 406. The winner, Little Caprice, age 60 to win, six even a place, 240 to show. I wished I was dead. <laughs> Gentlemen, now that your cultural period is over, would you take care of me? Okay, mister, have a chair. Thank you. What'll it be? Uh, do you mind if I ask you a few questions first? Questions? We're just making sure. First, do you know anything about William Shakespeare? Don't hang around here. <laughs> Fine. And now, have you ever seen me before? You? Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, does the name Edwin Montague mean anything to you? Yeah. Good, good. And when I leave, I'll be just another face to you. You'll never remember me. Uh, no, I, uh, I, I guess not. Splendid. Uh, tell me, have you cut off beards before? Beards? Sure, hundreds of Excellent. In other words, you'll cut off my beard and not ask any questions. You'll just forget about it. Yeah, I, uh, guess so. My good man. Cut off my beard. Uh, sure. Uh, excuse me, I gotta ask my partner something. Hurry up, I have a cab waiting. Mike. What's up, Louie? I don't like this. I don't like the whole thing. What? This guy walks in, starts with the questions... He don't want me to know him. I should cut off his beard. He don't want me to remember him. He got a cab waiting outside. You think he's hot? Like a pastrami. <laughs> don't touch that beard. You telling me a guy on the lamb wants to change his looks? Not me. Look what they get that plastic surgeon who changed Dillinger's face. <laughs> I told you I was in a hurry. What'll I do? Keep talking to him. I'll go on the back and phone for the cops. <laughs> okay, coming, mister. I'll shave it off. Yeah, sure. Off it goes. <clears throat> Gotta strap my razor. Uh, nice day, if it don't rain. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. A tonsorial Milton Burl. <laughs> Say, um, that was something, huh? Branch Ricky leaving the Dodgers? Who leaving what? Yeah. Look, uh, hurry it up. Sure, sure. Hey, um, you know who once come in here for a shave? Who? Strangler Lewis. No. <laughs> yeah, honest. Strangler Lewis. I was as close to him as I am to you. What a golden opportunity he missed. <laughs> Do you stop sharpening the razor and start? This the guy? Yeah, officer. He's the one. Are you dead-end characters referring to me? Okay, Whiskers, on your feet. Let me warn you, you flat-footed boob. If you lay one clammy hand on me, you will be the center of a police investigation that will make the last one look like a quilting bee. <laughs> look, mister, I'm just trying to do my duty. Is there so little crime in this city that your duty is now restricted to peeping under hot towels in barber shops? <laughs> Please, mister, I got a complaint on a suspicious character. If you'll just tell me who you are, that's all I want. You didn't recognize me? No, sir. Who are you? Dave the Dip. Wanted in Bristol for the Frugalman Snatch. <laughs> if you just give me your right name, that's all. I'm Edwin Montague, Elias the Magnificent Montague. Wait a minute. Your voice. I recognize it. Your Uncle Goodhart. Gosh, where do I tell the missus? Uncle Goodhart. Now may I go about the business of being shaved? But, officer, this Shut man. up, shut up. If I hear any more complaints that you guys have been operating a horsewoman back, I'll throw the book at you. Bye, Uncle. Bye. <laughs>
now, gentlemen, shall we commence with the disposal of my beard? Look, mister, just go away. Now, look here. We're closed for alterations. Alterations? <laughs> Hurry up, Mike. We've got to get the horse board and the phones out of the back room. Louie, we come back too soon. I told you the heat was still on. Where are you going? Come back here. Shave yourself. Shave myself. It's the only way. Where's the drugstore? Yes, sir. And uh, what can I do for you, sir? I wish to buy a razor. Uh, yes, sir. Uh, would you like the uh, shake injector? Uh, push, pull, click, click. Uh, the Gillette, look sharp, be sharp. Uh, Jim, Pasana, Shave Master. We have a combination deal, razor and aqua velva lotion. Join the aftershave club, you know. My dear young man, gaze upon me. Do I look like a man who could be a prominent member of the aftershave club? <laughs> uh, sir, you look like a modern man. How about... Now listen, you. I just want a razor. No push-click. I don't want to look sharp. Just shave. Uh, yes, sir, I'll get one. Every American man has to go through what I'm going through just to get shaved. I, I predict the triumphant return of the beard. That must be him. Agnes, I wonder how he looks. Steady, honey. I can't look. I'm shaking myself. <clears throat> well, here goes. The muff is still there, and it's mellow. What is this? You sound like the Duncan sisters making a comeback in Dracula. Edwin, it's... it's still on. Yes, but you are gazing at its last moments. I am taking it off myself. But, Edwin, do you still remember how to shave? Well, I have a book of instructions. I am fully equipped. I have my own push-pull clack-clack. I am the proud owner of the special gift offer, Handy Dispenser, with the sharpest edges ever honed. I'm tingling in anticipation of that aqua velvet aftershave glow. And I'm undecided whether to be a handsome knave with Burma shave or on the beam with palm olive cream. He's loaded. <laughs> Edwin, why don't you just run down to a barber? Barbers? Barbers? You're speaking of a contemptible tribe of yellow-livered cowards who should be impaled on a spit and broiled under their own sun lamps. <laughs> Edwin, you've had no experience with razors. Nonsense. This operation should be performed by my own two hands. Dr. Montague wanted a surgery. Really, Lily, wouldn't it be patriotic if we released Agnes for active duty? Edwin, your Romeo and Juliet rehearsal. You'd better take it off. Well, it's off to the washbowl. And when I come through this door again, it'll be without my beard. Lily, you will behold a new, young, dashing Montague. Agnes, Montague without his beard. What'll he look like? Can you visualize it? I don't know. All I can see is the end of a plucked chicken. <laughs> oh, Agnes, this is torture. 
all last night I couldn't sleep because of this one horrible thought. What is it, honey? Agnes, do you... Do you think Edwin has a chin? <laughs> he must have something to rest that nasty tongue of his on. Agnes, please, it's... It's off by now. Oh... The telephone. Who could that be? Probably the first bid from a mattress company. <laughs> Hello? Max? Yes, Max. It's off. What? What? Romeo and Juliet's been called off. I don't know about you, but I'm grabbing the first freight out of town. <laughs> We must stop him. Success! Success! Success. It's too late. Here he comes. Success! Success? Yes, I finally got the top off the shaving cream. Oh. <laughs> Hallelujah, it's still on. Oh, Edwin, you're still you. Lily, stop talking like a song title. Edwin, you don't have to do it. Romeo and Juliet has been called off. Called off? Called off. Max couldn't get a theater. That incompetent excuse of a theatrical cruiser. <laughs> oh, Edwin, Edwin. But Lily, it would have made me so much younger. No, Edwin, it's better this way. I still have you and it. <laughs> I still have it. Yes, Lily, it's better this way. The immortal Shakespeare said all there was to say on the subject. Shakespeare? Act two, scene one, in Much Ado About Nothing. He that hath a beard is more than a youth, and he that hath no beard is less than a man. Join us again next Friday, same time, same station, for another transcribed adventure in the life of the magnificent Montague, starring Monty Woolley. Created and directed by Nat Hyken, and written by Nat Hyken and Billy Friedberg. Lily Boehm was played by Anne Seymour. Agnes was played by Pert Kelton. Also included in tonight's cast were Johnny Gibson, Jackson Beck, Danny Arco, Bob Sweeney, and Santos Ortega. This is Don Pardo speaking. Now join the fun at Duffy's Tavern on NBC.